0: You're listening to the Leaside Lives podcast with me Jordan McCarthy. This is episode 21. Good to be back after a break, uh, after a long break and it's great to be able to uh, meet people in person again and conduct interviews. Although very grateful to have uh, been able to do up to 20 episodes uh, during during lockdown in the past few years um a couple in person but most of them on on, on Zoom or on Skype fortunately but Today we've got uh, Dave Burke as our featured guest. Dave is from Cork. He's a singer songwriter. Uh, he'll be performing a couple of songs as well over the course of the podcast. Two of my favorites, as a matter of fact, be easy, be easy in your heart and seeing with different eyes. Uh, I sat down uh, in Fitzgerald Park with Dave recently. He's a he's a colleague, a friend, uh, someone who absolutely loves music, uh, big into sports as well. And uh, when I met Dave in Fitzgerald Park over Easter weekend. Uh, his, one of his songs was featured uh, by uh, Mick Monk, who is a long-time friend and supporter of of Dave Burke. And uh, he featured one of Dave's songs on the Longwave radio uh, platform uh, the very same day. Uh, so it was interesting uh, to hear that and great to meet up with Dave as well. Hope you enjoy the, the interview and I hope you enjoy the couple of songs that Dave performs as well in the course of the podcast.
1: Rest your mind, you sure In the
0: Welcome to the Leaside Lives Podcast. I'm here in the beautiful surrounds of Fitzgerald's Park in Cork City Centre. Uh, one of my favourite places in Cork and I know it's a place that's fairly close to the heart of my guest this afternoon and this Easter weekend on a beautiful sunny day in Cork City. Uh, Mr Dave Burke, singer-songwriter from Cork City. We're going to talk to Dave about his uh, debut LP, Fulfill the Wish. We're going to talk to him about performing, uh, songwriting and much more. Over the course of the podcast, so Dave, thanks for for meeting me here today and for taking time out to speak to me. Um, Fitzgerald Park, it is a really important place to you. I mean, you, you clearly love the place because it's featured in your in your songs, um, on your album. I think in, in the photographs, in, in the music videos for those songs as well, hasn't it? How, so how how would you sum up the role of Fitzgerald Park in your life? I suppose it's always part
2: of my life, even to this day after work I come out for a walk out here just uh, to get into this lovely space and uh, I always come out here then when I was writing stuff and there's one of the songs on my album uh, Treasures You Can't Touch that I would actually have written here and I'm just watching the surroundings and as we were recording the album then I come out here to listen to the different takes but I just love coming out here anyway and it's yeah it's a special place it's kind of a you're in the city, but you're not. You're away from it, and it's within
0: walking distance, in my case. It's great. I mean, to look around today, even, you've got people playing ball. You've There's others across the other side of the park exercising, doing boxer size. You've got poetry in the park here. People out walking the dogs. It's a real centre, a real hub of activity, I think, in, in Cork City. Um, but back to the to the album, Dave, Fulfill the Wish. You would have launched that um, a couple of years ago, um, how satisfying was it to, to get that out there? Like, how I'd imagine like there was a, there were years of putting it together and arranging songs. Talk to me a bit about that. I suppose it, it took a good few years to actually get it
2: finished. And the great thing about it was when it actually was finished, I was delighted with it, with the recording that Paul did and anyone who played on it. And the songs just came together. That would have been from back along, and some new at the time. Yes. It's two thousand fifteen since it came out, and yeah, the four was then by friends of mine. And I suppose you'd wonder would something like that ever happen. You think does other people would have albums, and not you? And uh, it was great to have an album of my own songs out there. When I mean, you, music is so much a part here, really. Yes. But, uh, it was great.
0: I think an apt title so I know Fulfill the Wish is a a song on the album but it was a lifetime wish for you to to get a CD out there was it Dave?
2: Yeah I suppose that would be true in the case that uh, first of all when you'd be writing you'd say to yourself that is others do that that not yourself and then as you're going along I suppose I was fortunate enough that uh, I would have spent time in Steve O'Neill in the music department as a teacher, assistant, and a student, and I would have shown him some of the stuff we'd been writing, basically, as a hobby, and that they saw something in it. And then years later, when the time was right, I suppose, it, it came together.
0: I think everyone needs that person or those people to encourage them. So you got that in Clos de Stéphane uh, in the last number of years before you put the album out, was it? Yeah, yeah that would be true.
2: Yeah, I would have uh, gone to, down to uh, Stéphane Ife uh, I suppose uh, I would be, uh, as, the, as I say, as the teacher's assistant originally, and then doing a study in music. And then out of that, um, I just started part-time in the music library. And then as time went on, I suppose the album became a possibility. That I suppose what it shows really is that if people have a love of something that somewhere along the way it'll come to fruition... Uh, in whatever
0: way it's meant to be. Absolutely inspiring words, Dave. And uh, I brought along a nice surprise today. Um, it was, uh, it featured in the Hollybow, um, the Hollybow, which is an institution in Cork, uh, produced by the Echo. For years upon years, it comes out every Christmas, as uh, I'm sure you're aware. Uh, so December 2020, or Hollybow of 2020, uh, featured Cork's greatest 81 tracks so these 81 songs were shortlisted for Cork's best song uh, it was an event run by Cork City Libraries and this list featured in the Hollybow of 2020 and I'd say that Dave's song uh, Seeing With Different Eyes uh, made that list of Cork, for Cork's greatest song uh, Dave I, I would have expected that you were aware of that but you actually weren't so that's a, a nice surprise I'm sure
2: yeah it is true we knew she wanted to be there but a go I didn't realise that at all
0: so it's, uh, yeah it is a uh a lovely compliment in a way, to be honest with you. Bangers and Langers, the list is called features uh, the likes of Frank and Walters, uh, Mick Flannery, you've got Rowan, you've got Mike Disney, Rory Gallagher, John Spillane, Jimmy Crowley, Jimmy McCarthy, and Dave Burke. Uh, so the song uh, that was selected of yours, Dave, is "Seeing with different eyes. Uh, it's number two on the LP, I think. Yes, it is. Really nice song. I'm interested to hear what's, th- what's the story, what was the inspiration for that song? Where it
2: would have come from originally was I was pushing my nephew down to Boreen where he lives in his go-car and we thought there was a car coming from behind and that we'd have to move in to let it pass. And it was actually the wind in the trees. So it started with, I thought it was the car on the road, it was the wind in the trees dancing to a silent tune, swinging in the breeze. And then I didn't know what it was going to turn into, but it turned into a thing whereby Something might be a threat or a danger to you at some time in your life. And it's not, that, that's not the case anymore now. So you're seeing things with different eyes through what you've experienced and through where you are right now. Isn't the, yeah. I didn't know that's what I was going to end up as, but it just comes through me. <laughs> it's
0: not conscious. It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing where you can get inspiration from day to day. So the album is out there now, there for everyone to enjoy. I absolutely love it. It's, I find it really chill, really relaxing. I know if I have it on at home, even my dogs tend to relax on the couch and I'm out there happy with it. So it's an album we all enjoy it in my house anyway. Uh, how long have you been playing guitar and performing and songwriting, so Dave, like would it have started for you as a child? I'd say what originally
2: what would have happened is, when my brother and myself were growing up, we'd be buying our LPs and, that and listening to the music and at one stage my mother said to me, haven't you enough of them No, we don't you learn to play something. So I'd have got the guitar at that stage then. And as time went on, I suppose, not really knowing why, but you just start writing little things and then you start hearing melodies around it. And over time it just was always a back burner type of thing. And then it just came. Kind of came to fruition when I started going on to Steve Yefa I wouldn't have played in bands or anything but it came at it more from the writing angle and then I would never see myself performing in public either which is another yes. <laughs> it just shows the person that you can't think that it, it's not possible that you think that someone else would do a certain thing and uh, yeah I think it's your love that comes out and you you go for it then, when it's of who we are.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, Cork City, Cork County, there's such a rich musical tradition there as well. Like, it's a real vibrant city, strong music scene, isn't there? Yeah,
2: there would be. Yeah, I suppose from years ago, I'd probably been a supporter of it in the sense of places like the lobby. That would have been my place to go to when it was there. So you're hearing all the singer-songwriters from various places then America or wherever they were coming from, and that kind of, I suppose, then is, yeah, it's bringing into you what you relate to, and then I suppose it subconsciously starts coming out new then, because is what you love. Mm
0: -hmm. what, What bands or what other artists would have inspired you then, growing up, Dave, would have inspired you to pick up the guitar, and, you know, would you have tried to mimic the style or the sound of any guitarists or musicians in particular?
2: I wouldn't uh, consciously have been like anyone, I suppose, when I was growing up. Um, I suppose the, the drummer that was with Traffic, Jim Capaldi, would have been someone I'd have loved to meet when I was a teenager. And uh, he, his rising is probably an influence on me. Probably other ones like the West Coast American singer-songwriter ones. There's tons of them. There's gr- groups like the Alarm from Wales. They're other loves of mine, but uh, I suppose Jim Capaldi would have been the one that uh, I would have tuned into an awful lot, and I was fortunate enough to meet him playing in a bar in Worcester uh, back early 2000s, so it was uh, unbelievable, so it just shows you the way things are meant to be sometimes that you think would never happen.
0: And that was, that was obviously a positive experience, because so, you I know people say don't meet your heroes, but that was a good experience for you.
2: Yeah, it was, very much, yeah. No, it was a really, really good night. Just got in for the song check. It's two friends, of we'd have gone over originally to a kind of memorial concert for another songwriter, Clifford T. Ward. And uh, at the thing, the event, they were playing some of his songs and it turned out that one of the performers was friends with Capaldi's brother. Right. So, you know, they say the, the degrees of separation. And I would have started originally with the the first one. My mother was a big fan of Cliff Richard. So he would have been one of the first albums I got. And there was a song of Cliff T. Words and that. Ah. So you can see how the one links to the other yes, down yes. the line. Very good.
0: Um, moving away from the music for a bit, I know Uh, you're very interested in in sports as well Dave and one thing I find really interesting is that you're an Ipswich town fan Um, I think you'd have to search far and wide not just in Cork but in Ireland even to find another Ipswich town fan maybe they are out there but uh, how did your affiliation with uh, Ipswich the the Tractor Boys begin? That was
2: actually years ago when I was a small lad I was trying to pick out a team I wanted to support and I said to my mother who will I pick? and she said pick someone with blue jerseys so I wanted to pick someone that wasn't famous, as we say, so I went for Ipswich Town.
0: I think your brother then is a Derby County
2: well, fan, is right? He's a Derby County fan, yeah. And uh, I, he, my nieces and nephews are Derby County fans as well. Uh, I was trying to get one of them to be uh, an Ipswich Town fan, but they wouldn't have it.
0: <laughs> so how long have you been following Ipswich Town? So like, would you you you'd be able to remember their... Or UEFA Cup yeah. heroics, would you?
2: Yeah, that's true actually. I suppose that was their, their big time. With, uh, yeah, that team was probably with the two Dutch lads, and Tyson, and John Mark, and oh, the whole lot of them really, Mick Mills and every one of them. That was when Bobby Robson had his best team at that stage. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: It must have been an exciting time as well because back then you would have been like you would have consumed sport differently. Checking the results was different. Like you didn't have smartphones or anything like that. It was teletext or match of the day in the evenings.
2: Yeah, that's true. Or the radio yes, <laughs> and listening course. to the BBC yes. when the matches were on. Yeah, it was actually.
0: And looking at Ipswich now, they're playing League One, going quite well this season, I think. Um, Following a team at that level, I think, is probably more enjoyable, now because, I mean, looking at the top-level Premier League, um, it's become so commercial, it's become so much about money and so less about fans. Do you think, like, f- from an Ipswich Town fans' perspective, there's a good sense of community still in that club, which is really important to, to the game? That would be true. I actually
2: was only over there once. Actually, my brother and myself into a match that Ipswich were playing derby, as it happened, Ipswich won 3 2 <laughs> But uh, it's a lovely town, and it, as you say, there's that kind of, there, I suppose there is that community thing there. You can see it showing up a lot, in the FA Cup and that. With the smaller clubs in England, it really means that one to have a chance to play against the bigger clubs. Yeah. And it's not so much a money thing, whereas it has become that way with the bigger clubs and that.
0: It really has. I think yeah. So it's great like to see that it does. The FA Cup it still does have that magic for smaller clubs or clubs in the lower divisions. I think that's really really important and really great to hear. And I know one Corkman, uh, Roy Keane, was managing him, which a uh, couple of seat well more than a couple of seasons ago. No, it's probably over ten years ago. But he brought the side to Turner's Cross to play Cork City in a pre-season friendly. I've no doubt he were there, Dave.
2: I was actually, and I got a fear slagging off my friends because of my hatred <laughs> <laughs> gear Uh Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think the city
0: won that match. I think didn't they? It did. City yeah. won that.
2: They did actually. Yeah, It is. <laughs> did. Yeah. No, it's so great that nights with them. Actually, yes. I remember going out to see them uh, to be a while back. No, it's a regular thing. Times when they won the league and that, and I remember. Um, I used to have a soft spot for Derry as well, so if Derry ever beat Cork, that was my fault. All right, okay, that's
0: interesting. <laughs> like it's interesting how how someone gets uh, an affection or a connection with it, with a team. I mean, obviously in Ireland, I think virtually everyone with any interest in sport has a, has a cross-channel team. It tends to mainly be Liverpool, Man United, Arsenal, Chelsea, maybe Spurs, uh, maybe Newcastle Man City. Um, but if if you if you delve deeper, you you will find an Ipswich fan or a Derby County fan, which is which is very interesting, I think. And you're also a big fan of horse racing, Dave, um, like myself. Where did that journey begin for you? Was that a thing that started in your childhood as well, watching Grand Nationals and whatnot? I'd say it is probably later. I do I do recall when we
2: were kids, or Dad'd be looking at the races on the television, and he'd say, "Who oh, are you for? And we'd say, "Oh, the the grey horse." So it would have been years later. I would have been a carer, actually, looking after my mother. And at that stage, the horses. I just started watching Desert Orchid. Wow. You probably know him, yes. and uh, just kind of was in contact with the owners of Desert Orchid. And that over time, but it was an outlet for me. I just have my euro each way, and the horse or something. We have the banter in between us and me at home with it. Yes. it was uh, yeah. So they're uh, they're friends more than anything. They're not. Uh, a betting thing,
0: I. Yeah, yeah, it's the, it's the, I think it's the intrigue of it all, whether it's Cheltenham or entry or the Derby or Royal Ascot. And um, even betting aside, they're majestic animals to look at. Jockeys are so brave, trainers are so astute. It's, it's, it's a wonderful sport. And I think you mentioned Daisy there, the grey, um, a phenomenal horse. That probably inspired you then as well to get involved in, in a syndicate. Weren't you involved in a racing syndicate a while back, Dave?
2: Yeah, that's true, actually. There was a thing with the Daily Mail. Called the Marie Curie Club. What it was, it was uh, set up for cancer care in the community for nurses. And uh, here it basically was, everyone would put in maybe 50 to be sterling, at the time 50, 60 sterling, and you get a share in a few horses. And that went on for a few years. So it was nice. It was a, yeah, what it was for. And uh, the fact that the were your horse, supposedly, as they say. Uh, Gianni uh, was there did a
0: horse go on to win
2: um, there would have been a few of them that would have been regarded as pretty good there was a charity crusader to, to, as you see the charity thing was, came up in the uh, name of some of them and there was another horse called Master Black Master Bracken and uh, yeah purely crusader different little ones like that yes. and it just uh, the fun of it you wear um yellow with blue spots and blue sleeves and uh, I suppose to encourage the uh, the nurses in the community, to give them a bit of a profile.
0: You also, the horses or the trainers in Britain particularly, that you would have admired down through the years. I know obviously people around the world, when Arkell was in his heyday, you'd you'd hear that he was getting fan mail and cards and that. I think you sent a couple of well wishes to to some racing stables across the pond, did you?
2: Yeah, that would have happened from the smaller ones. uh, uh, Steve Chadwick used to have a horse, a small stable. He used to have a horse called Northern Meadow that I used to like watching. And we keep in touch to this day. We'd send each other Christmas cards. And I suppose I was Sue Smith then, Harvey Smith's wife, would be another one of the trainers that I'd like. And uh, Mr. McGoldrick was one of the horses she had. So I sent me over a photo of Mr. McGoldrick. And Antonin was an Irish horse that Sue Bramley used to train. So he was going to the Grand National. So I sent him off some polar mints for luck. And uh, Sue so pretended that was he. he was writing back to me and he signed it with his horseshoe at the bottom. Uh, if, <laughs>
0: yeah, and horses love polar I know that for a fact. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it goes to show there's more to it than, than the betting element. Another interest, Dave, you mentioned already is you know vinyl records. Um, mm-hmm. You would have been purchasing them as a kid growing up. And it's amazing to think that the vinyl, even though we've had CD, mini-disc, we've, you know, Spotify streaming services now, but it's still your, your medium of choice, isn't it, the vinyl?
2: Yeah, I suppose it would be, because that's what I grew up with. And uh, we would have grown up listening to albums as opposed to singles. And I suppose you were picking up one track leading into the other and you were seeing it going through and you have the gate for sleeves with the lyrics and all that. And that would uh, attract you to some albums you would be, you know, I obviously found that and then when you pull out the sleeve and you read the lyrics and you say, OK, I can relate to these and that probably would influence my own album. then the way I put it out, yes. that uh, the idea of having the lyrics with it and that, uh, yeah.
0: And I know Bunker Vinyl, Bunker Vinyl, John Dwyer actually featured as a guest on the podcast uh, a while back. Uh, a favourite haunt of yours? It's an amazing shop, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it would be actually. Yeah, no, it's just great going down there. You always find something you're interested in, especially when you have a, an interest in different music and that. Yes. Yeah,
0: that, yeah, I don't go the chance Because if you if you listen to any, I suppose particularly commercial radio nowadays, we're very limited to the type of music we hear. So I think that's important to have those independent music stores, isn't it? Where you can't there is a diverse range of of artists and musicians available to to check out
2: yeah that, that's correct it, it's it's what I to find what it is that you start to see ones and ones that you weren't aware of that they had this particular album that would have happened there the other day when i was in John that he had a album by government mule they're a uh, american blues rock band that i like and uh, i suppose from years back it, it, even the local shops when we were kids going into places like you need and that yes. they were
0: <laughs> they're Cork institutions I'm, like aren't they Yeah, are exactly <laughs> yeah very yes, much
2: yes. and uh, I suppose Paddy Egan's back before that nurse listen, those kind of ones yes, that's yeah right, that's right. I know is continuing on that and a few more around the place
0: it's it's a nice thrill, like being able to go into a record shop and and create dig, and it's a whole different experience. As you say, you're listening to the album, you're not. You, I mean, you can't really skip through songs, which I think makes you appreciate the album more. Whereas when you're streaming, it's it's probably too easy to kind of pick and pick and choose songs, isn't it?
2: It's not as personal. It's kind of more, you have it and it's gone. It doesn't stay with you. It, you don't refer back to it maybe in some kind. It's more it's not lasting whereas with the others it is more
0: in terms of your record collection and what are your most prized gems Dave is there something in there like a a, you know a first I'm going to say first edition first pressing or is it something you would have picked up in bunker vinyl or any signed copies or anything like that what's your most prized? What's the record you reach for the most? Oh, <laughs> that's hard. There'd be a lot of them to be honest with you. <laughs> I, I, do, I tend to ask, I suppose, guests like what they're, yeah. what they're listening to at the moment or what uh-huh. album they'd recommend to check out. Like, what's what's on your record player mostly nowadays?
2: The favourites that influence your are always there. Yes, that you keep going back to you. Your reference point even when you don't realize it. That that kind of way in there'd be so many different ones. Uh, I'd listen to the singer-songwriters or the... It is tis hard to... pin down not mind that you'd uh, always uh, listen to. Sure, sure.
0: Uh, you mentioned Cork City Library there where you launched the album, Dave. You're a staff member, now, library assistant with Cork City Libraries. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful place to work in and to visit and to read in and to write in. But um, How long have you been working there now and and how much, I suppose, meaning do you get from the day-to-day duties of being a librarian? I
2: suppose I'd have, 2003, I'd have gone, in summer of 2003, I'd have gone in there part-time and I went back to Stefa and then, and to would have been the following 2004, the summer of that, that I would have started there part-time and then full-time as, as it went along. I suppose the best thing about it is that you're encouraging people with an interest they have if it is a hobby or if there's something more than that that they're studying I suppose you it has a good atmosphere in the sense that you're bringing out some gift that is in a person whatever they're interested in if it is for study or if it is for a hobby and it is a haven for people to be honest it's not a a business thing where it's in age to it it's uh, just encouraging people I think really
0: and while books are obviously a big part of it it's become so much more than, than books as well in the last kind of 10-15 years or so hasn't it that would be true, It's a community
2: place in many cases where people have their interests, whatever they're interested in they can come in yes. and there might be performances or art or poetry or whatever music, whatever they're interested in Irish language knitting whatever it is it gets people and you're interacting then with someone that has a similar interest and you bounce off each other whatever it is
0: yes and it's great as well for you as a musician to be surrounded by you know you have the music the um, Rory Gallagher music library I know you're based in Holly Hill library nowadays and there's several musical groups that meet up there week to week so it's nice to while you're at the desk maybe to hear that music in the background I'm sure
2: that's yes, right, it is actually, yeah. You'd have the Singers Club, and you'd have the the singer songwriters and you'd have the Guitar Club, the Ukulele Club. <laughs> probably forgetting someone now. But all of that, it is, uh, tis, yeah, it's alive, it's, uh, uh, the place is alive that way. And that is, um, yeah, yeah, it's good for people actually,
0: yeah. I'm sure as a librarian, then you get asked for book, sh- book recommendations all the time. Um, what are you reading at the moment, Dave, or is there something you would have stumbled across, now that was kind of, you know, a hidden gem or left to feel, something that isn't on the bestsellers list that you would have picked up maybe in a charity shop or in a library or in a second-hand bookstore? What book would you would you pick to recommend, maybe? I suppose one
2: I would have read back along was uh, an autobiography by... Uh an English singer songwriter Ian Matthews. Like a lot of my stuff would be influenced by musicians that I'm interested in, yes, or sport or that. That would be one that would come to mind now I remember. Even there, just back along there, there was a sale, and uh, I picked up a book about Lenny Kravitz just to read about him. <laughs> so the music would be a big thing with me that way. I'd be reading a lot of music books and that. And then maybe about, there's a Scottish group, Run Rig, that I would read books about them. There was actually, um, in the library there, we have blogs about different musicians and that, in the music library. And I'd have put in one about uh, Junker Party, obviously. i put in one about uh, David uh, Scottish group, Run Rig. And uh, I just let the band know that was there. And... Uh, the bass player for them uh, Rory MacDonald would have uh, sent back a card saying that he was delighted to be part of the Music Library blog and that when he was a kid growing up he's Rory he was a big fan of Rory Gallagher. Yes. so it is is really good I suppose you were saying to me there about the bands there just give it to my head not saying it. I am um, one of the other bands that I would have done a blog about was Poco they're an American country rock band they would have been one of my new favorites.
0: Yes. <laughs> I love when you get to speak to someone and you hear all these names that aren't in every day. You know, you don't really hear them on the radio or you don't see them in the chart. It's great. Like it just shows if you delve a bit deeper. Like, and I know Dave has pointed me in the direction of some several bands as well that I wouldn't have known previously that I, I'd listened to now. But um, that was a nice touch of the band to write to say thanks for the, the mention on the blog. Like It just goes to show that it does mean a lot to them. I suppose it is, yeah, and
2: I suppose they wouldn't have expected yeah. to be on it in the first place. It's just that over the years I would have been in contact with them, and that, um, yeah, I thought it was nice just to let them know that they were they had retired only a few years ago. They'd been at it for 40 years. And uh, yeah, I just thought it was a nice touch just to leave them know that they, even though they mightn't be performing now the last three or four years, that uh, they were actually re- retired just before the COVID, right. but uh, that they are remembered and that their music matters.
0: How did you find Lockdown Dave from you know creator's perspective? Like, were you writing and, and performing, or sorry, were you writing and playing more, or did you feel you hit a bit of a slump? Did you put it on hold for a while, or did it lead to a kind of a, did it lead to a burst in creativity for you?
2: I'd say it nearly went the other way. I didn't write much, only bits. I don't know, maybe some people felt that they had more time to, I don't know, maybe it was just the atmosphere of it, that uh, you're just trying to, I suppose, get through the days and that, you know, the people would be okay, and that your head wasn't in that space, that you, it was open to whatever would influence it, you know, mm-hmm. that if was something good or bad, it just didn't click. Mm-hmm. It was... Uh, I think for everyone, it probably tired everyone, know
0: Yeah. Yeah. Lockdown fatigue is definitely a thing, and I know it's great even from the point of view from the podcast like that. You can actually meet the guest in person again, rather than relying on Zoom. Even though it did play a role for a while, it's actually great to meet the person. I know BBC Four Sky Arts. They're probably your regulars on on a Friday night watching the musical programs.
2: Yeah, it, it would be actually. The, obviously Sky Arts and BBC 4 would be, oh the BBC 2 does have a bit of music as well now obviously just being what I really love actually just lately they're like coming home for tea, I just sit down to television and uh, one of the programs I'm really enjoying now is the one from when we were young called Wonder Years Yes, <laughs> I find
0: that fairly good Dave thanks for your time today um, I know you grew up a stone's throw away from Vistar from Park really what what will be your favourite thing about Cork? I think I know the answer.
2: I say it's here to be honest with you. No, it's just lovely out here. It is uh, so relaxing. You're you're in nature. It is great space here and the people around and everything. Yes. Yeah, I'd say this would be my favourite place in Cork.
0: Yeah. So a trip to Fitzgerald Park to have a stroll, relax, write. That's what that's what makes you tick.
2: Yeah, it would. And talking about favourite places, uh, favourite of mine the last few years has been
0: Gugandara. Oh Barra. Yes. I love Gugan Barra. It's majestic. Yes. <laughs> Dave, thanks for your time today. Enjoy the chat and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you. A pleasure to do it.
2: Thanks, Jordan.
1: On the road, it was the wind in the trees dancing to a side. Just like an endless time Spinning with a swirling effect Now it only sometimes comes Triggered by the frights we get Some things have changed Without regret.